0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. And it is indeed time for another edition of Liberty and the Law. And today our emphasis is on the process of discovery. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and as happens each month here on our podcast, I'll be talking with Lavelle Law Defense Attorney James Dorr. Uh As I referenced, James and I will uh, kind of walk you through the process of discovery in a criminal case, and I anticipate that he will provide, as he always does, a great deal of insight into what an experienced defense attorney does during this phase of a case. Uh, I think it promises to be a really an excellent and informative discussion. So let's get to it. And, James, let me wish you a good afternoon. It's nice to talk to you again this month.
1: Hey, Jim, it's great to talk to you. You know, I'm looking forward to this episode of Liberty and the Law, and I think uh, this nuts-and-boats approach is going to be good. Uh, we're going to get into some good uh, topics here.
0: Yeah, I, I always enjoy what we cover, and it's, it's very informative. So when, when we float the term discovery um, in, in a defense case, are we are we really talking about the gathering and evaluation of evidence? Is that what discovery means
1: right discovery is is both the the process of getting uh that uh paperwork as a, or evidence and then mm-hmm. um the evidence itself so the discovery process is the means by which a uh, defense attorney um gets uh evidence whether it's inculpatory or exculpatory the evidence uh, from the state's attorney's office who would be controlling that evidence and how it would get uh, you know, admitted to court or part of their burden of persuasion in a criminal case. So it's our our opportunity to get uh, an advanced peek at the evidence that the prosecutors have and that they intend to use um, to prove guilt in court. So part of the that, fundamental fairness of uh,
0: the process is being able to see that ahead of time. Yeah, so I, I was going to ask about that because now when you <clears throat> take on a client and you become their representative, does that – prosecutor then automatically turn over all the material they have or do you have to now go and request that you receive it?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, once once the attorney of record uh, files an appearance in court, then the prosecutor knows and they will have been made aware that you know I'm the attorney of record and then any uh, discovery material should be just turned over to me and that, that way it's turned over to the defendant in that process. That's a way of turning over the evidence that they have. Now, some evidence is freely turned over, and some evidence we have to ask for. Um, and it can vary depending on whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony case. The, felony, uh, the discovery rules can um, change depending on what kind of case we're dealing with. But uh, in general, um, there's certain evidence you can expect the state's attorney's office to turn over, such as police reports, and then there's other evidence we may want that we'd have to ask specifically ask
0: for. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about some of those items and uh, the timing of such as uh, just a whole bunch of questions I want to get to. Now, if I recall from past discussions, once, and correct me if I'm wrong, once charges are filed and the defendant is arraigned, a court date is set. Do you start that discovery process right away from that point forward then?
1: Um, right. It, it, when I'm looking at an arraignment date, it's, that's for the entry of a, a, of a plea of either guilty or not guilty, I'm Usually, can advise my client to plea of not guilty, and then, in, in anticipation of that arraignment date, I will prepare a motion for discovery, um, mm-hmm. or I may use another tool depending on what what evidence I'm trying to get. Um, See, for example, there's a videotape of a, of a, a field sobriety test conducted in a DUI stop. Well, I'm going to want to make sure that I request that video as soon as I can, because I want to get that evidence before it's destroyed. And things like videos end up getting destroyed in due course because it's a continuing process where every time that squad goes out, they're videotaping again. So in order to not have you know full um, databases of this stuff, it, it gets purged in the process. So it, requesting things on a timely basis is just as important as actually asking for them because you can ask for something and if it's too late to get it, well,
0: sorry, Charlie. So... Hmm.
1: You have to ask for things as soon as possible, i think
0: okay interesting so so let's talk about um discovery as the content as opposed to the process here the the actual materials as you as you begin your initial review of of the evidence, you know what are you concentrating on first? Is there a certain thing you go right to and say, "I've got to start here
1: uh it really comes down to what kind of case uh we're dealing with uh, that's Mm going to dictate my philosophy and uh, and how I review the discovery. But essentially, you know, part of the process, discovery process is asking for the discovery. And I'm going to review that discovery that I've received to see if there's anything else I should ask for. You know, is there a a hint at something in the police reports that I want to see, you know, further evidence of? Um, But after that process is done and discovery is complete, then I'll be reviewing what I have, which is going to be... you know, put on the record at court the state's attorney will say I have tendered all discovery to the defendant. Okay. So now we're knowing this is what we're going to deal with. This is the evidence the prosecutor wants to use at the trial. Then it starts our process of review and preparing that defense. Okay. What is our strongest defense? Does the evidence help me? Is there, you know, is is there anything I need to get um, you know, further evidence of or, you know, that that's the process of how can I mm-hmm. um make my case?
0: Okay. And I want to follow up on something you just said there now as well. You you said, is there more evidence I can get? Uh, Would you at times use a subpoena process as you're in this phase of the case if you think there's something out there that that you want to get or preserve, as you mentioned earlier?
1: Right. Subpoena process can be important. Um, For example, we talk a lot about DUI arrests. Well, um, there's a combination of, of approaches in the DUI cases because you have the criminal charges but you also have the summary suspension uh, of the driver's license that's considered civil in nature. So in that case, when I have a, an officer that's set to appear in court on a hearing on that civil aspect, I can issue a subpoena to that officer to bring evidence to court for his testimony, for the date of his testimony. Okay? Um, there's other times I can issue subpoenas as well for, for officers to bring in material, such as, uh, video videos in the squad or training materials um, I would subpoena the officer to bring that evidence to trial to be able to for me to be able to use um, not necessarily a trial to bring to court for me to use mm-hmm. in cross examination or, or preparing for the case so the subpoena can be could be uh, a tool we could use certainly in the right circumstance mm-hmm. um, also would be a motion for additional discovery so if I wanted to avoid a subpoena. If I want to you know, say I don't know exactly who has this evidence, then I'm going to be asking for the evidence I want, but I'll be asking the state's attorney because they're in charge of their witnesses and also you know, complying with the discovery process. So I'll be putting that on the record and asking the state's attorney to get this information or asking the judge to order the state's attorney to give
0: me that information. Um, well, there are many established and successful attorneys in this area, and here on Liberty and the Law, we're fortunate to have James Dore participate each month. Uh, James is a highly regarded and accomplished defense attorney. You can you can find details about his work uh, and the recognition he's received by visiting Um And while there, you'll, you'll come across articles he's written, some of our past podcasts and video as well. And today we're we're discussing the discovery process, and in a recent conversation we had, James, you pointed out something that I found very interesting. I'd like you to talk about it a little bit, which is when you think you have gathered all of the evidence and you're gonna start working on the case, you you kinda of like to just go through it all once without like taking notes or anything, just to kind of get a, a general sense for how the information might hit you or someone else, particularly a judge or someone. Tell me about how that proceeds for you. Sure, sure. I'd like to
1: initially I like to look at it just kinda of let that evidence you know, in, in a free-form way, just kind of flow over me. So I'm not distracted by taking notes or, you know, trying to, to you know, finalize a motion. It's just the start of the case. You know, I'm just I'm just looking at it the first time and and seeing what pops out to me. What what seems important. What do I need to, to expound upon. What do I need to, to request in court further. So, I, I yeah, I try not to get bogged down with the with the note taking or the you know let's say for example I'm looking at a video tape I don't want to make detailed notes of everything on that tape I want to view it the first time like like I'm a judge and I'm getting one mm-hmm. chance to see this this video cuz a lot of times a judge is going to see it one time and that's it whereas defense attorneys and prosecutors will sit they'll spend more time with the video so they know you know minute by minute what's happening on that video and I'll and I'll create a, a timeline of the video I'll create exactly the the time meters and what's happening so I can go back and get the that exact video snippet that I need, you know, during cross-examination or whatever part of the process that I need to bring that information out. Um, so that's important to, to, to know all those details, but I think it's important at the beginning just to, with an open view and open mind, just think, what do I have here? What are we dealing with? And just, just bring in as much of that information as I can.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, do you spend time with, with your client sort of corroborating the evidence, saying, okay, tell me what's happening here, or look, I just read this in a report, or I saw this on a video, tell me your side of it. I mean, do they sort of work through the evidence with you?
1: Uh, it, the nice thing about being a defense attorney is I, I see all the evidence, I see and I listen to all the arguments. So mm-hmm. I know what the police officer is saying. I, I, in turn, I know what my client told me. In fact, the way the process normally starts, it starts with the client calling me, and we sit down and discuss the case in detail. So I'm getting... The first impression I get of a case is from my client. This is what my clients tell me, okay, this is what I'm working with, this is the facts as they're known to me. But then I have to know next step is gonna be the state's attorney and how they view their case and their and their, their evidence. So then the next step I review that evidence and then I review it with my client. So he's so I can say, Okay, when we first talked, you told me this, this was your version of what happened. But the witness over here is saying, you know, something a little bit different. Then we sit down and talk about that and analyze it, and, you know, I can get the full the full accounting of what happened. That's the the best way to get all the information from all sides, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then it helps me ultimately prepare for trials or hearings.
0: And as you're going through the evidence, um, can you make a motion <clears throat> to eliminate certain pieces of evidence, or or do you have to really wait until the trial to try and refute it or discredit it at that point?
1: Don't wait for a trial when I want to get something suppressed. So it would be a pre-trial motion, uh, motion mm-hmm. to suppress evidence. It could be evidence itself. It could be statements. Um, there's any number of things that we do to either limit evidence or exclude evidence. and We'd need a ruling from a judge to do that um, before trial. Um, if, you're ru- if you're worried about admissibility of evidence, if you can get it knocked out before trial, it's a lot more helpful because then you know how the trial is going to be and it helps you fine-tune, prepare your your defense at trial mm-hmm. um but there's sometimes a trial that you have to you know again you're making motions to try to exclude evidence then too. um different process at trial so i think what you're what you're talking about is a pre-trial uh, motion that we would file to try to limit um the evidence that would be admissible in court
0: we've got about a minute or so left here but i want to go back to something you mentioned earlier which if i heard it correctly is in the process um you know, you are not only looking at what's there, but maybe considering what's not there. Is that is that kind of an art form in in your uh, line of work? Is to be able to look at something and say, you know, I I see something missing here. I've got to go out and kind of fill in the rest of these pieces.
1: I think that's what attorneys do in in the criminal cases in general. We develop a sixth sense as we deal with cases, both prosecutors and defense attorneys. Um, there's there's something that if it's missing can speak louder than if it's uh, that, that evidence that's there in front of you. So, yeah, it comes with experience and what to look for, um, but you know what what is missing can be at times just as valuable as what's actually there in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm. So this whole discovery phase then ultimately is what leads you up to trial. Trial trial would be the next phase after you've gone through all this.
1: The next step would be either pre-trial motions or trial. Um, mm-hmm. but again we we 'd want to see the discovery ahead of time to prepare that next phase, so yep. discovery is step one, step two is okay, now what do we do with this evidence that we have? You know what do I need to file? How do I best represent my client?
0: okay well, that probably is a great breaking point for us then as we uh, move out of the discovery phase, and we 'll end our conversation here. It leaves us with a great deal to discuss in future podcasts concerning uh, other motions, the trial itself, quite a bit we cover with Attorney James Dor so i look forward to having him back with me again and we'll uh, enjoy conversations with him in future episodes uh, play more for us to talk about, we hope you'll join us for each of those conversations here on Liberty and the Law Thank you for listening to this edition of Liberty and the Law. To learn more about defendants' rights, call Attorney James Dor at 847-705-7555 or visit LavelleCriminalLaw.com.